Welcome to Mr. Brillo's Musings, your weekly update for what's going on in Maroon Team Social Studies. Hey, welcome back, Maroon Team families. Week two's in the books, and it kind of feels like we've been in here for, for a few months already, and I mean that in a very good way. Um, not, doesn't, not like it's been so long and torturous. Uh, the students are doing a really, really nice job at picking up like those routines and those procedures in class and, and in school in general. Um, so I appreciate their efforts, um, and hopefully you guys do too. This week, this Friday, we watched a, a really cool video, and it, it kind of came out of a conversation in one of my class periods, period eight, where I asked the students what they wanted to be when they grew up. And one of the girls joked and she said, can I answer financially stable? And I said, absolutely. And it reminded me of a video that I watched a few years ago or last year. Actually, I think I found it. It's by Jay Shetty. Um, and if you're familiar with Jay Shetty, or if you're not familiar with him, he was a pretty successful young businessman in, in London. Um, and he just felt unsatisfied. So he left to become a Buddhist monk. Uh, he lived in the ashram as a Buddhist monk for, I think, like three years, three or four years before coming back and joining society. And this video is it's all about like what life's really about. And it's a cool one where a student kind of tells the teacher what's really important. So if you get a chance, I sent that I sent an email with the link to it. Watch this week's video. It's, it's pretty good. All right, on to this past week, what we did in, in both social studies and accelerated social studies. Um, I, and I'll just give you a quick day-by-day -day blow of what we did. Um, overall, it, it was still about getting used to procedures, routines, and different skills, things they'll do in social studies class this year. We haven't really gotten into content yet, which I've been purposefully slow in doing that because I want to get, uh, I want to use these like low barrier activities so that the students learn how to do class. Uh, so on Tuesday, we, we used a tool called Google AutoDraw, um, and the students sketched out a little icon about what their weekend was like. Um, and we did that because the students are going to be asked quite a bit to sketch out their thinking, to literally draw pictures. Because as humans, we often think in images, so it's important to be able to do this. Uh, we then took took a look at a, a Freyer organizer, where it's, it's a way, it's a term, it's a way you look at a term, um, multiple different methods. Uh, and we talked about mastery-based learning and what it means to do mastery-based learning, because that's that's really what we're going to be trying to use a lot of this year in social studies. Um, and it's the idea that, you know, you don't really move on until you demonstrate a deep understanding of content or skills or materials. Um, and we talked about how that means that students are going to be at different places throughout the year than their, than their friends, and that's okay. On Wednesday, uh, today was the first, that day was the very first day we actually started to use uh, mastery-based learning. And the students worked on uh, an assignment called number six, the unit zero mastery grid. Um, and we call it unit zero, or I call it unit zero, because um, it's really nothing to do with content. Um, but the students worked their way through a mastery grid for the very first time. Um, and they used the Google slide deck to keep track of their work. Uh, so what they were doing between Tuesday, or excuse me, between Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is they had to watch a, um, a series of two different videos. One was about uh, how note-taking will work in my class because they're going to have to take some notes watching these videos um, because what I do is kind of flip uh, the lectures. So rather than me standing up and lecturing in front of all 
kids at one time, which I, I love to do. It's hard for me to give this up. Um, and, and I'll do it from time to time. But rather than doing that, I record my discussions, my lectures. So the students watch on their own time in class or outside of class, um, my videos where I'm giving them that information. And what that does then, it allows me, it frees me up so that rather than talking at kids, I can talk with kids and talk to kids and kind of pull them aside as individuals or smaller groups need help. So they spent time watching a video on how to take notes. They spent time then watching another video that kind of goes into detail as to how my Google Classroom is set up just so they knew. They took a little mastery check a five question Google form quiz. If they'd got any questions wrong, we met, we talked about what happened and how, how the information they got was wrong and what the right answer was. And then they moved on and um, Thursday and Friday, then they focused on doing two different things that we'll do. They're called edu protocols, um, basically like frameworks of things we'll do throughout the year where, where they created what's called a thick slide about themselves. And we'll do thin slides and thick slides periodically throughout the year. And a thick slide is basically a Google slide um, which with images and different text that it's like a, for those of us that remember doing like reports on topics, it's like a way to organize information into a report. Um, so the students gain like deep understandings on topics and then they report it out to their classmates. Uh, this one was all about themselves and it was just shared with me. The students also then created something we call, um, well, it was my important numbers, but it's um, an edge of protocol called slide or number mania. And they, what they do is they tell a story through numbers small words, a few words and images, and they create infographics. And this one they created just about themselves to get used to combining numbers with images. Um, and then Friday, finally today, as I record this one today, we ended the week with the students submitting their mastery grid, uh, the number six, they finished it up by doing all the work and then reflecting three really simple questions. Uh, what did they like about this way of doing work? What did they not like about it? And what did they do well? Um, and then students who were ahead of the game, uh, in my regular classes took time and recorded videos of themselves explaining that um, for the accelerated classes, those videos are expected. They have to, and had to do that. Some of them are going to finish them up tonight, but uh, they took some time and talked themselves, talked me through their work and their, their victories in working. And I told the students that they have to get used to not only completing assignments, but then thinking about completing assignments, right? There's, I think John Dewey said it, that we don't, we don't learn by doing, we learn by thinking about what we do. So I told the students, they've got to get used to this thinking about um, their learning. And then finally, the students on Friday took some time and they, <laughs> they became historians and they dove into my life and they did what's called what we call history of Mr. Brill. I stole this one from Brad Cresswell, the green team social studies teacher. He's been doing it for years. And uh, thank, thankfully, my mom was willing to part with so many of the things that she saved for my childhood. And the students looked into like my, you know, middle school, elementary and high school years and, and came up with a list of facts about me from those primary sources. And then we talked about it. it was a cool way for the kids to, to do history, to get to know a little bit about me. They also, we talked about f the facts they found that weren't correct. And we talked about how sometimes historians get it wrong and that interpretation of primary sources um, leads us to debate. And that's what we'll do quite a bit throughout this year. So that was this week in a nutshell. All right, and finally, on to what we're doing this next week. Um, so everything we've been doing is helping to get the students used to mastery-based learning, self-based learning in class, because over these next nine or 10 school days, uh, that's what they're going to be doing, is they're going to be guiding their own learning 
with a series of videos and learning activities and uh, independent and checks that that myself, Mr. Cresswell, the Green Team Social Studies teacher, Miss Freed, um, and then uh, uh, Miss Boyd, the Orange Team Social Studies teacher, that we all kind of designed together. And the students are going to create it's a mastery grid about the Boston Massacre. So our our study of the events leading to the American Revolutionary War will center around this one act, this this one uh, event. And we're going to talk about why we like to do this Boston Massacre event. We built so much into it is uh, it's a great way to investigate primary sources, to look at like, how do we know what we know and how credible are the sources? And then also to look at different perspectives of, of a single event, how, you know, there's also often multiple stories to what really happened. Uh, so this this upcoming week, the students will have time to, there's three videos that they'll be watching and taking notes on. One is all about the different taxes and acts that were passed by the British that made the colonists upset and enraged in the 1760s. So if you remember back from your days in school, we're talking about things like the Proclamation of 1763, the Stamp Act, Sugar Act, the Tea Act, um, intolerable acts. So maybe you remember those things. Uh, the second one is all about how col the colonists showed their their different their displeasures in different ways they protested. So they'll talk about things like circular letters, the Sons and Daughter of Liberty, the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre. Um, touch a little bit on the Declaration of Independence, but we'll do that later. And then the final video that they'll watch this week is all about um, sourcing. So what is a primary source? What's a secondary source? How do you look at bias? Um, because, you know, <laughs> I think it's easy to see that we all, you know, it's hard to find things that don't have some sort of bias leaning one way or another. So we have to start working with our kids early on. What is bias? How do you recognize it? And, and what can you learn even from bias sources of information? Uh, so they'll, they'll do those videos. They'll take a mastery check this week on those three videos. Again, if they get below a 90%, they're going to, they're not going to be able to move on. Um, and we'll just talk about what they got wrong. No big deal. And they'll, they'll make those corrections before finally at the end of the week, they'll look at, um, activities meant to help them truly understand the difference between primary and secondary sources. And then they'll look at actual primary sources from the Boston massacre. So like a painting or an engraving, they'll look at, um, different, uh, different, um, excuse me, testimonies and writings from people who were there. Um, so that next week we could do a couple activities where they assign blame, you know, who deserves more of the blame. Um, so that's this upcoming week in social studies. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed listening. I appreciate that. Thank you. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out um, and have a great weekend, everybody.